Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Volodymyr Zelensky, defiant, telling his people Ukraine cannot be intimidated. President Biden calling the attacks senseless and reaching out to Zelensky yesterday to reiterate U.S. support for Ukraine's defense against Russia, including a pledge to supply Ukraine with advanced air defense systems. President Zelensky is expected to press President Biden and other G7 leaders for air defense systems. The White House indicating that's something that the president's ready to offer. Unsurprisingly, as they push forward on the land here in the east, they want to know that they can protect their civilians back at home in the towns and cities across Ukraine. As the missiles rain down on Ukraine for a couple of days in a row, yep, more missile defense systems, better missile defense systems, what Zelensky's asking for, and it looks like we're going to give it to them. And uh, the G7 broke their meeting and made a broad statement of support for Ukraine, uh, pledging undeterred and steadfast, quote-unquote, financial and military help for Kiev, and reiterated that there would be severe consequences if Russia were to use chemical, biological, or nuclear weapons. Uh, To discuss the latest, uh, please welcome with us Mike Lyons, military analyst, served with various military organizations in both the U.S. and Europe, and was indeed uh, the aide-de-camp to a general officer in the NATO command back in the day, as they say. Mike, welcome. How are you? Hey, guys, great to be back with you. So we haven't talked to you since Ukraine blew up the Russian bridge and Russia mm-hmm. rained down missiles on Ukraine. Where are we right now? Yeah, no surprise. Uh, Russia is, uh, from, a, from a tactical perspective, Russia continues to lose certain battles in the south. But because they have tremendous capability and capacity, industrial capacity, um, they've now decided for these uh, long-range missile strikes, um, you know, we're going to, cavil over whether they're outdated and precise, but they land someplace, they land in Ukraine, they create damage, they are stoking fear and, and, and terror inside, inside that country, and that, this is what they're going to continue to do. 
And you know, as long as they have the industrial capacity to do it, and, and uh, they're, they're, they're not going to stop. Um, I think this has a lot to do with hardliners in Russia are trying to get to Putin saying, look, you better start winning this war here because it doesn't look like that's happening. Losing the battles doesn't mean you're losing the war, but fundamentally it's, just, it's not looking good. And I, and I think he's got a mobilization issue with uh, some of the what we'll call the silent majority, the people within the 11 vast time zones of Russia, as they recognize that this is not really going anyplace. You know, in, in the real world, to mobilize you know large forces that would be effective, you, it would require six months to a year. But he's not doing that. He's we're seeing reports of literally soldiers showing up uh, after being mobilized three and four days uh, after they're notified. So um, Russia's going to continue to Russia, is what I say, and we should not be shocked that they're going to go after civilians. From their perspective, it's a total war, and they're going to continue it. And it, as long as the West continues to at least match industrial capacity to Ukraine, the stalemate will continue. Well, this strikes me, this barrage of Russian, Russian missiles strikes me as the classic, we need to do something, and this is something. Because the mm-hmm. history of warfare is that sort of bombardment doesn't uh, terrorize uh, people into submitting. It, it hardens their will. Yeah. Yeah, and, for sure. You look at history, and um, there, you know, Dresden, all these other places that, that do get bombed, but until they're actually able to put people on the ground to take it, uh, nothing's going to change. I, I don't think... Russia has any plans on doing that anymore, but they're just going to continue to just make it difficult for Ukraine to exist as a country. The areas that they've taken in the Donbass region, they still have now a fifth of the of the landmass, um, are industrial complexes and steel factories and nuclear plants and chemical factories. All these things are really uh, important for Ukraine to make money. Now, also, a lot of the missile strikes are going after infrastructure. So, um, you know, we haven't seen this Armageddon yet when it comes to cyber or shutting down the electricity inside of Ukraine. I think Russia is going to start to do that as Ukraine won't be able to now sell some of that electricity to Europe, which it has been doing in order to supply some of the world's supplies it needs in order to fight the Russians. So it's all, it's all very, in, you know, a complex economic statecraft that I think Russia is now going to engage in because they, they're just not winning these tactical battles on the ground. So, uh, lots of people, Leon Panetta, former Secretary of Defense, David Petraeus, who was our, whatever, he was Supreme Commander in the Middle East for a while, uh, they and others saying, this is irreversible for Putin, the ground war. I mean, it's it's just not, it's never going to go the other direction. Do you agree with that? Yeah, you know, um, he's going to run out of time. He's not going to be able to do anything. It it depends on what the rest of the world does. He's... He's going to do whatever he can to hold those regions he has. Crimea, for example, is something he has to have. The Black Sea Fleet is out of that naval base there. It's the only warm water port. It's, 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 he cannot suffer that, that kind of loss. So I think he'll do whatever he can to at least you know, hold what he has. You know, he's not going to make Ukraine join Russia. That doesn't look like that's going to happen. But that's not to say he still can't wage war against its neighbor by launching bombs into it every once in a while. The question is, what, what is the rest of the world going to do about it? Is the rest of the world actually going to isolate, um, isolate Russia? Is, is there going to be that economic pressure for them to, uh, to, to not be able to sell their products? The pro- as long as the Chinese, though, are in the game, the Chinese is there. You know, Russia's become a client state of China now. The Chinese really hold the key to this. In fact, uh, Ping, Xi, Xi Jinping can be a peacekeeper. He can he can look like he's the good guy in this if he gets Russia to stop. That's really that's all anybody wants uh, wants to have happen right now. So there's still you know I just think there's a ways to go. Russia's not stopping. Ukraine also wants that land back, so they're not going to stop. So 
So you have you have both sides in, in this prolonged stalemate that it, that until uh, one side shows lesser capacity on the industrial side, you're going to see you're going to see this go on for a long time. Well, and Ukraine has the industrial capacity of the Western world, particularly the right. U.S., although as uh, the G7 made brave statements about how their support is unending and undeterred and blah, 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 the word is Europe is still doing a terrible job of holding up their end of the bargain. Right. And, and so, and, and what the United States is providing is money and a bank, and, and we're, we're hyping these precision weapon systems, and they've made a difference, but it, they, they still, Russia brings till 10x, 10 times the amount of tubes, artillery tubes, to the battlefield, and they're still fighting, you know, World War II. I, you know, the, the, anyone who says that, that the technology advantage on, on the West is going to win out is just, just purely speculating that, because history has shown that in warfare in particular, that mass still ends up, you know, winning the day. And, and if Russia can get the West to get weak in the knees, let's call it new NATO, old NATO, right? The old, the old NATO countries of Germany and France, if, you know, they, they still believe, everybody wants to go back to, I think we talked about before, everybody wants to go back to February 23rd like nothing ever happened. And I think, you know, that, that would make them happy. The people in Eastern Europe are like, nope, this is it. There's a pretty bright line now that exists in the world. The world's completely different. And, and, there's, there's a, and, and we're not going back to that spot. We're not going back. We have to rely on Russia. Mm. Mike Lyons on the line. Uh, Mike, the big question, how concerned are you about the exchange of uh, nuclear weapons? So tactical nukes don't make sense for Russia because they're, they're used in the defense. So when I was an artillery officer in the 80s, uh, we had tactical nukes that were used in the that we would have used in the defense as the Russian horde was supposed to overtake come our positions on the North German plain on you know when the Third World War was going to take place there and that obviously never happened, but but to use them first of all convince it'll it'll fix the conventional forces in place, but to use them now uh, they're too short range his troops will be in too much of a of an area where they could possibly be affected by it so I don't see them being used there in that regard, unless he decides to go after, you know, the energy plants and, and the infrastructure with it, because it'll, you don't have to have worry about precision, you don't have to worry about those kind of things, it'll, it'll render those places uninhabitable for a while. I think that's where he possibly uses it, and what it'll do is it'll create kind of like a, a, a border, a more of a border between Ukraine and Russia, because the tact nukes don't have that same impact. Now, if he launches something from Russia into Kiev on a nuclear side, that, that changes the equation. That changes everything. Um, I still, I'm not sure specifically how we would respond to that because we'd have to be concerned about escalation. We really would have to uh, recognize that Russia is an existential threat to the U.S., full stop. Whether we want to say he would or wouldn't do it remains to be seen. I'm not sure I would bet on our missile platforms to take anything out, but uh, the kind of of technology they have to do that. I I think that it's possible he does that, but he goes after critical infrastructure and, and knowing full well that, that that would mean regime change. That would, that would mean that every, every NATO country, every country in the world would take a special ops to try to go after him and take his regime down. Wow, interesting. Mike Lyons, military analyst. Mike, uh, great stuff. We appreciate it very much. Thanks. Thanks, guys. That's for me. Yeah, the, uh, uh, one of the outcomes that uh, I don't appreciate enough probably is because the, the whole thing and the war has been going on since 2014. We weren't paying any attention to it whatsoever until February. Mm-hmm. The Ukrainians had lost many thousands of soldiers over that period of time while the world was paying no attention. It could drag on like that. Would the world go back to not paying attention to it? I don't know. Yeah, and that's what I've been saying is uh, making me pessimistic about an end to this anytime soon is your your pre-2014 
borders is going to take an enormous effort. Uh, and, and you know, the, the Russians are losing plenty of men, but they have a lot of men. Maybe, maybe good ones, maybe trained ones, maybe not. But the Ukrainians have lost a lot of guys, too, and they don't have nearly as big a reserve. So um, I don't know. I don't know how strong the will is to take back every inch. Or if they figure out, <clears throat> okay, as of 2014, we hated it, but we got to live with it now. What about Crimea? I just, I don't know. 